Exodus 12, 1-14 The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the tour doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it its head with its legs and its inner parts, and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. This is the word of the Lord. Exodus 12 tells us about the establishment of an annual festival called Passover, which celebrates the exodus from Egypt. Now, what's interesting about this passage is that up until this moment, we've been reading historical narrative, recounting God calling Moses at the burning bush, sending him down to Egypt along with Aaron, where they call on the Pharaoh to let uh, God's enslaved people go. And of course, Pharaoh resists this and God sends a series of plagues on Egypt. Now, notice something, by the way, as you read Exodus 12. It talks about how on that night, God will have victory over the gods of Egypt. And, and this is sometimes hard for modern readers to understand, but the gods of Egypt had some actual power. You remember how the Egyptian wise men were able to turn their staffs into serpents, how they could also turn water into blood. Uh, 
Now, these gods have some power. Who are these gods? Well, we would call them demons. They're spiritual powers created by God, but they inhabited the imagination of the Egyptians, and they worshiped these powers. God, of course, is vastly superior to these um, demons, these Egyptian gods, and he demonstrates that decisively on the evening of the Passover. And uh, as I say, up to this moment, we've been reading historical narrative. Now we have in Exodus 12, a ritual text. Not only are we learning about this climactic moment in the story and in the history, but we're also uh, reading about the establishment of an annual festival, at the center of which is a lamb which is sacrificed and whose blood smeared on the lintels of the doors causes the angel of death to pass over the houses of God's people. Now, as Christians reading this story, we should draw our attention to Jesus Christ. Because as we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus's life actually follows the pattern of the Exodus story. He's baptized in the Jordan River, and this is comparable to uh, the Israelites' passage through the Red Sea. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6, talks about the crossing through the Red Sea as a baptism, Moses' baptism. And so it's not a far stretch to think about Jesus' baptism being equivalent to the crossing of the sea, particularly since it's followed immediately by the 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness where Jesus experiences the same three temptations that the Israelites did in the wilderness. Just real quickly, you know, he's first of all tempted after fasting for 40 days to turn these stones into bread. Um, but Jesus resists the temptation which the Israelites succumbed to. They were constantly complaining about food and water in the wilderness. Jesus resists it by quoting the book of Deuteronomy. Man does not live by bread alone. Uh, the significance of Deuteronomy, of course, is that it's Moses' final sermon where he's telling the second generation of Israelites, those born in the wilderness, to not disobey as their forefathers did in the wilderness. And then the second temptation, take yourself up to the highest point of the city and throw yourself down. Now, Jesus immediately recognizes this as the temptation to test God. And, um, and remember in the Exodus story, as they're leaving and traveling through the wilderness, the Israelites are constantly testing God. But Jesus doesn't. And he quotes Deuteronomy a second time, do not test the Lord your God. And then finally, uh, the devil tempts him by saying, bend your knee to me and I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Uh, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy a third time and says uh, to worship the Lord and him alone. Unlike the Israelites in the wilderness who worship the golden calf. And so we see that Jesus is the true son of God over against 
the disobedient sons of God in the wilderness. And these analogies go all the way through the story of Jesus's life. And uh, we're, we won't recount them all today because I want to take us to the crucifixion. Uh, remember what day that was, or the day it was, uh, the, the day before it was Passover Eve. Jesus is sacrificed on the eve of the Passover. And Paul, in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, uh, makes it clear that Jesus is our Passover lamb. So as Christians reflect on the Exodus, it should draw our attention to the New Testament, specifically to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, whose death and resurrection gives us new life, the forgiveness of sins, the alleviation of our guilt. And we should praise the Lord for this.